Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. All right. Let's give up for Jesus. Amen. Wow. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. Um, well, thank you so much for having us here today. Um, I never imagined doing church in a public library, right? This is so different from our church because our church in Taiwan, we meet in a nightclub. So this is the opposite. So I'm imagining all you guys to be a lot more intellectual, a lot more <laughs> saved than the people that come to our church. But uh, thank you so much, Pastor Justin, for the introduction. Can we give Pastor Justin and Pastor Dustin, I think he's here somewhere, and the rest of the volunteers a big hand as well for all the people who serve the local church, which here every single week building the church of God. It's always easy to do guest speaking because when you come, you just speak and then you leave. You don't have to worry about anything, right? You don't have to notice what's going on wrong. What do I need to fix this week? Who do I need to have a conversation with? What do we need to do next? And uh, so every time I come to a, a place to speak, uh, I think it's very important that we honor the local leadership. Because they're the one who's sowing into this house, who's sowing into you guys week after week after week after week. So again, let's give it, give it up for Pastor Justin and the local team. Thank you so much for having us here today. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for your trust. Because like he said, we are just like internet buddies. For, for all he know, like I probably didn't even look like this. I could be like this 50-year-old, like I don't know, dude like in Taiwan and <laughs> with a fake picture and... <laughs> showing all the quiz this guy but um but we're very happy to be here and like like he said we i thought about just grabbing coffee with him because we've been internet friends for a while so i said we're gonna be in town but he was gracious enough to open up his pulpit and his platform to allow us to come in well i didn't come alone i came with uh with my wife and my daughter who's there right now they're sitting in the back because she might they want might need to go to the washroom and all that but this is ellie this is my youngest my oldest my only one Ellie, she's four and a half, and she's cute, and uh, single, not available, right? And this is my wife, definitely not available. Peggy, this is my wife. And, and these are our, our, the rest of our team. We have uh, Junie, who's from, our, from Taiwan, yeah, and, um, and Tommy, who actually lives in Vancouver, yeah. And then we got some, and we got some of Tommy's friend here with us who are also from Vancouver. And, uh, so we're so happy you guys are here with us today. And we got a special summer, Yvonne. This is Yvonne. She, 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 we knew her in Taiwan for many years. And then she moved to Vancouver. She left us for greener grass and fresher air. And we understand why. And, but she's actually living in Vancouver right now with her husband. And, uh, so we're so happy that you're here with us today uh, to join us. Um, uh, my, um, uh, I guess I don't have that much time, so I might just go right into what I need to do today. I'll give you a short introduction. Um, my name is Pastor Peter, Peter Wan. Um, I pastor a church in Taiwan called The Hope. Uh, for about seven years, I was leading an international ministry in Taiwan under another, uh, this huge church, 12,000 people, um, but it's just a Chinese church. And, uh, but they had an English ministry, so, so Ivan was actually part of that, and we started that together. And, um, and uh, we start with just seven, eight people just praying every Sunday. And, um, but God just did something great and, and grew and grew and grew to about 700 people. 
And then, um, but I always had a dream when I moved back to Taiwan. I moved back to Taiwan in 2009 with my wife, uh, Peggy. Uh, we we originally from Toronto. And, um, and, and so we moved back to Taiwan, just felt the call of God to go to Taiwan. And when we uh, went there, we wanted to plant a church right away. But, but, but God had other plans. So we joined Bread of Life. Um, so we're part of that ministry. Uh, met my mentor, spiritual father, uh, this guy called John, Pastor John. And, and, um, but I've always shared with him my dream about planting a church. And he's always kept that dream in his heart. It's wonderful to have a spiritual father, a mentor who has your dream in his heart. And, um, and so for years, um, um, I would ask him, is it time yet? He would be like, no. And I stopped asking him because, you know, he would say no every, every year. And, um, but one year he came to me about two years ago. He says, you know that dream that's been on your heart to plan a church? He says, I think you're ready. And um, so uh, let's talk to the whole church. Let's see how many people want to go with you. Take as many people as possible. And so we started, we, we cheated. We started a church print with 400 people. <laughs> so that's cheating. I know, I know, I know. It's a lot harder to do what you guys have to do. Um, and uh, we only started in January. It's called The Hope. It's still a part of the Bread of Light Network. Um, there are our spiritual covering. And, um, but God's been doing great things. Um, we meet in the nightclub because we're too poor to, um, to have anything else, to have our own building. But a friend of mine, he got saved. He owns a nightclub. In Taiwan, he got saved with his brother about um, seven, eight years ago. Um, they were, you know, um, into cocaine, everything. Got, I won't go into the detail, but God supernaturally visited them. Um, they got rid of the cocaine addiction in one day. Like one day, just like uh, it broke. And then, but they said they couldn't quit smoking for some reason. <laughs> so God broke that cocaine addiction, but they, they still smoke. So anyways, go figure that one out. Uh, and... Um, and so he says, hey, why don't you use the nightclub and, um, and, we, and we don't pay rent. And uh, so that's great, you know, to do a church plant and not have to pay rent. We just pay for electricity and that helps us out tremendously. So on Sundays, we meet there and, um, and uh, it's only been six months, um, and, but we've been growing. And, but six months, if you have a baby, you know, at six months old, you're just trying to keep your baby alive, right? You're not thinking about anything else. You're not thinking about... Well, you know, you're just thinking, just keep this thing alive. And that's where we are right now, I think. You know, and um, I'm happy to report it's still alive, I think. Um, I wasn't there this Sunday. Um, hopefully, I do have a church to go back to. All right. Um, hey, um, well, I'm going to begin um, just by reading to you guys a scripture. Um, I don't know if you guys do this here, but if you don't mind, do you, um, would you please stand up for the reading of the Word of God? That's just on in the Word of God in this place. And uh, I'm going to read to you guys from Proverbs chapter 19, 21. And keep that verse in mind as we go through today's message. Is that okay? Right. All right. Proverbs chapter 20, uh, 19, verse 21 it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's. Everybody say purpose. It is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for what you want to do in this place. We thank you for this house. We thank you for this church. Thank you for the wonderful people that make up this church. I pray today that your anointing will be upon this word. And as the word go out, it will bear fruit in our hearts, Lord. Um, 30, 50, 100 times what we're sown. We thank you for that transformative power that's hidden within your word. And we pray for the Holy Spirit to come today, even right now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Hug your neighbor on your way down. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, I'm usually a very nice person. Usually. Right? There's this one time um, 
couple of times when I would get a little bit unpastoral. Like there's a time when you would see the Peter without the pastor. And that's when we play board games. Because when, <laughs> right, how many of y'all like that? How many of you have friends before and after board game, you're not friends anymore? And so that's me, right? When I play board games, I'm not so much into playing the board game. I'm more into trash talking during the board game. Like I like to quote Bible scripture out of context, right? During board games, like the Lord will strike down upon thee with great vengeance that you shall know. And, you know, so I, this is game I love to play. It's called Risk. It's a risky game to play. And, and then we get intense. And they just recently came out with a Game of Thrones edition. Of, um, now, why do you know what Game of Thrones is? Do you watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> no, just, okay, well, I watch it too, right? Uh, you just, just have to fast forward some of the parts. But, but so I'm, I'm excited. My friend got the Game of Thrones edition risk. So we got together. Um, he brought it over to our house and we started playing. And, and uh, now I don't know if you ever play risk. Um, the game involved strategizing, planning on how you're going to dominate the world, right? You want to kill off everybody, which is a great game to play together with a bunch of Christians. And so, so we got together and, um, and had this massive plan in mind, right? I had my cards, I had everything in mind. I knew who I was going to attack next. I knew who I needed to form an alliance with so we don't attack one another. I had this whole plan going on in my mind. And we had about four or five players. So when it got to my turn, I was ready. I was ready to roll the dice. I was ready to conquer the map. I was ready to take over, right? But for some reason on that day, I just couldn't roll a number higher than six. Now, if you don't know risk, you got to roll high numbers in order to, to conquer territories. But on that day, for some reason, I just, something wasn't working. You know, God is mad at me for something. I don't know, right? Bad theology, but, but, I, <laughs> right? Hey, if you don't like today's preaching, Come back next Sunday. I'll be gone. And Pastor Johnson will still be here. It's going to be a great one next Sunday. All right? But I, uh, so that's what happened. And I started rolling and I, my whole army got decimated in one go. And I knew I should have stopped. I knew I should have stopped midway through. But I had a plan. And I wanted the plan to work. Right? Now, I know, I know it's just silly. It's just a board game. But sometimes in life, we make a plan for what we want to see. And we, we, and, and sometimes we're going at it, we're throwing everything at it, and, and we're trying out, and it's just not working out, or, or things are not going according to your plan. And you feel frustrated, you feel lost in this process. Because I think every single one of us, we have a blueprint for success. You have a blueprint in your mind on what success looks like in your life, in your marriage, in your career. If you're a student and, and your studies, you, you probably have a plan on what you're going to do when you graduate from, uh, from university, what kind of internship you want to get, what kind of job you want to get. But sometimes in life, we go on a little detour. And these detours can frustrate us. These detours can make us feel lost. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we look at these detours as an interpretation of whether God loves us or not. Because we see somebody life going according to plan and ours not and we make the conclusion that it must be because God love us or care for us less and if that's how you feel today or you know somebody who feels like that this is what I want to really speak to you today about I'm so happy you're here today I believe God has a word for you and um I I I'm a big planner I like to make plans um if you know me I'm um I 
I, do you guys watch? You guys have Netflix, right? Yeah, of course you do. I mean, it's from here. It's not from Taiwan. <laughs> we got it. You guys got it first. But Netflix, the, the, the amazing thing about Netflix is it lets you watch whatever you want, whenever you want, right? But for a planner like me, I totally miss the point of Netflix. I still have Thursday night. This is what I watch on Netflix. Friday night, this is what I watch on Netflix, right? Because I like to plan things out. I want everything to be on schedule. I want everything to go according to a plan. I want it. No, this is like I, I'm treating Netflix as NBC and ABC 15 years ago. This is how I treat Netflix, right? Friends on Thursday night. <laughs> if you still remember Friends on Thursday nights, right? And this is why I like um, this guy called Jacob in the Bible. Because Jacob was a planner. Jacob was ambitious. I won't go into detail, but it says in the, in the scripture, if you're new to church, if you don't know the story, don't worry, I'll give you a crash course on this. Jacob, he's a, he, he, he's a younger brother to a, a set of, is that how you go? A set of twins, right? He has an older brother. His brother's name is Esau. And the Bible says that when his mom, their mom was pregnant with them, they jostled with one another. They, they fought with one another in the mummy's tummy. And when the time came for, for both of them to be born, um, his brother Esau, older brother, came out first. Right? And when the, when the older brother came out first, it says that Jacob, his hand was grabbing on. This is, imagine, this is some alien looking type of, this is a scene from some sci-fi movie. The, the older brother Esau came out. And there was a hand that came from the mom grabbing on to the ankle. Right? And this is why they name him Jacob, he who grabs the, the ankle. And as the brother was coming out, the older brother was coming out, Jacob, he has his hand. It's almost as if he's saying, come back in here. I want to be the first one out. And now, we might not understand why that is, but in, in, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew culture, if you are the firstborn in the family, you are entitled to a double blessing. You're entitled to twice as much. And so Jacob, even at a young age, as a baby, he wanted to be first. He wanted to be the first one. He wanted to be, have more than any, anybody else. He had ambition. And so when his brother came out first, and his brother probably only came out like 15 minutes earlier than he did. Like if your brother was born two years before you did and he has a double handles, you might feel like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, two years older than me. But when your brother's only 15 minutes longer than you, long, longer, older than you, it feels kind of like, ah, really? Are you really the firstborn? Like, really? And so for his whole life, he and his mom had this scheme to steal the inheritance, to steal the double blessing. And so um, that's not the point of today's sermon, so I was just fast forward. So he had this whole plan thing work out where he's going to trick his father into praying for him, blessing him. And, and his father did. His father thought he was Esau. One day, his father, was, his father was going blind. He couldn't see clearly. He blessed Jacob instead, and Jacob got a double blessing. When Esau came back home and realized the inheritance, the double blessing has been given to Jacob, his brother Esau got mad. Got really, really mad. Things at that, up to that point was going exactly the way Jacob had intended. He had ambition. He had a plan to make it happen. But he, he miscalculated how angry his brother Esau was going to get. Because when his brother Esau heard what had happened, 
that the blessing was gone. He said, he said, I'm, when the days are over for the mourning of my father, when he, after he passed away, I'm going to kill my little brother. And Jacob's thinking, isn't that overreacting a little bit? He was expecting to just get defriended on Facebook or something. He was just expecting, like, I'm not going to go over to his house for Thanksgiving dinner. He didn't expect that his brother would react this way. And there's a lesson for us because all the t- a lot of time we think we can plan and control what's going to happen in the future. But control is actually deceptive. You actually don't have control of your life. Because you don't have control over people. People cannot be controlled. You cannot control what the people in your life are going to do. You cannot control what they're going to say to you. You cannot control what they're going to say about you. You cannot control what they're going to do to you. You cannot control who's going to stay with you. You cannot control who's going to leave you. And so control is actually an illusion. Sometimes, as much as we want to plan, and, and, and please hear me out. I still make plans. But sometimes I will have to tell myself, the plans that I make, it's an illusion of control. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel safe and secure. But it's actually just an illusion because people are uncontrollable. You cannot control them. Something always happens to your plans. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. Because when his father was, uh, his brother, older brother, was about to kill him, his mom, Jacob's mom, came to him and said, I need, you, you should get out of town. Go to Whistler. Like, go to Banff or something. You know, get out of town for a little bit. Wait until this all blows over. Then come back, and, and, and we'll, we'll pick it up from there. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. All right? So Jacob, his mom, sent him to this place called Haran. So Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 to 15. I want to speak to you today on this topic, finding God at the detour. Finding God at the detour. It says, Jacob, he left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Now taking one of the stones that he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Now I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Jacob right now, he's at this detour in his life. On the way to Haran was never a part of his plan. His plan was to receive the double blessing and take over what his father had. His plan was to remain home and and take over the father's business, to have a double blessing. But he didn't think he would be on his way to Haran. But it was on his way to Haran that the scripture tells us that he fell asleep one night and he had an encounter with God. See, when God made his introduction to Jacob, God, throughout the Bible, the, the Bible introduces God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But in the scripture, Genesis, that you read, God introduced God introduce himself as the God of Abraham and Isaac, but not the God of Jacob. Because up until this point, he hasn't had an encounter with God yet. 
He hasn't made God his own God yet. So it was at this detour that he encountered God for the first time. Isn't it funny? Sometimes our greatest joy and our greatest purpose is not found in our destinations, but in the detours that we go on. And here in this detour, Jacob is about to learn something. First, he learned that detours would disrupt the plan and the flow that we have. And sometimes it's a good thing. Uh, you guys, you don't have to admit it, but if you ever watch like rom-com, like romantic comedy, um, and they all kind of follow the same kind of script, right? Right? They all follow, it's a guy falls in love with a girl, and 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 halfway through the movie, you know, half by the halfway mark, they have to fall in love. If they don't fall in love by then, it's it's boring. And so they fall in love, like in you know. But then towards the end of the movie, the guy loses the girl for some reason, right? He does something stupid like what we do as guys, and and the girl goes away, and and then he will come back to the girl and and uh, and try to win her back, and he will have a speech prepared, right, to win the girl back, and the speech always sounds like this. It's always something to do with. You know, my life was going great. You were never part of the plan. I never knew how much I needed you until you showed up. Until you came into my life. Until it, you disrupted everything that I had planned for myself. I was going to do this. I was going to go there, right? And if you watch Korean drama, if you're Asian or I don't, if you watch Korean drama, that guy is always some really rich guy. Right, that's the script for every Korean job. He, his family owns half of Korea, and 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 he has his business going. And but the mom, the dad does not like the girl, and and then that's the point when he would tell her, "My plan was to take over the family business, but for you, I'm willing to give it all up." And the girl, she would have tear in her eyes, cause she's thinking in her mind, "Please don't give it all up, because that's why I fell in love with you in the first place." <laughs> Okay, it's, I know it's stupid, but, but sometimes life's biggest blessing is found outside of your plan. Sometimes life's biggest blessing is found when you are on a detour. This is um pastor on our team. His name is Jara, and he actually came to Taiwan about three years ago. And Taiwan was just going to be a stopover for him. He was going to go to Japan to start a church with a, a, a group of people. He wasn't going to be the lead pastor, but uh, there was another guy that the Bird of Light Network, we were trying to train up and send him over to, to, to Japan to, to start this church. But, but like I said, you cannot control people. You cannot control what they're going to do. So the guy who is going to be the lead pastor, he decided midway through the plan that he's not going to go through with this anymore. So now, Jared, this guy, he's stuck in Taiwan. He doesn't know where to go next. And we don't know what to do. But it was in Taiwan and in our church that he found his wife. It was in Taiwan, in our church, that, that he got married. And it was in this, uh, in, this, in this church in Taiwan where he came on staff and became a key leader right now in our ministry and in our church. And they just had a, a, a six-month-old baby, baby Theo. Something life's biggest blessing is not found in your plan, but in a detour. See, all of us, we want a flow to be going on. Like we, we're going down this, this path, this flow, and and. And, and we have this flow going, but I don't know if you ever ask yourself this question. Is the flow of your life really taking you to where you want to go? See, we imagine in our mind that the flow of our life is taking us to where we want to go. Jacob had this flow going in his life. 
He had this plan going in his life. He, you know why he wanted a double blessing? Because he wanted his life to matter. He wanted his life to have influence. He didn't just want to be an insignificant person. There was a desire, which I believe was put there by God in his heart at an early age to want to live a life that actually mattered. But Jacob, he was lying his way through life to get what he wanted. He was doing all these different things, manipulating to get what he wanted. And he needed a detour in his life to actually disrupt what was going on in his life, to take him to where he wanted to go. Sometimes our perfectly conceived plan does not take us to where we want to go, even though we imagine it to take us to where we want to go. When I came to Taiwan in 2009, um, like I said, I, I, my wife and I, we, we were hoping to plant a church, and we thought we were just going to start right away. I was only 25 at the time. And uh, I had some money saved up. I, I started a, a little business where um, it can change some, some passive income for me. And uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to start this church. Um, but then God disrupted the plan. Like God led me to dissolve the church and, and work for somebody, serve somebody, serve somebody's platform for, for many, many years. And, and looking back, you know, at that time it can be, it, sound, it felt frustrating in my heart. But looking back, I am so glad I did not plant that church in 2009 when I first moved back to Taiwan. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I had a plan. I had an ambition. But I didn't have the character. I didn't understand the, what it means to have a team. I thought if I could just preach, people would show up. <laughs> now I think, but I was like, that's stupid. That is so stupid. Like, why do you think that? Like, you just preach, people will show up. No, they won't. You need people. You need teams. You need, you need people to reach. You need all that kind of stuff going on. And, and I, I really believe, you know, right now, we, our church, it's, it's growing. And we just started, you know, like, like, like I said, we cheated. We had 400 people when we started. But now it's grown to 700 people in, in just six months. But looking back, I know that would not have been possible if I had simply planted the church in 2009. And suddenly God would use a detour to teach you something. Because detours not only come in to disrupt the flow that we have, disrupt the plan that we have, you also come in to deconstruct some of the mindsets that we have. See, Jacob, he had a mindset on what success looks like. And the way he defines success is being rich and having more. Because rich is relative, right? I mean, you only feel rich when you have more money than the other person, right? Like if, you, if you're hanging around like super wealthy people, you don't feel rich. You might be making good money, but you don't feel rich anymore. And so Jacob, for his whole life, he defined having wealth, he defined having richness, he defined having stuff as having a double portion, having more than my brother, having more than other people. So God had to deconstruct his mind and, and tell him, you know, I want, to, I want to make you into a patriarch. I want to bless you. But being rich is not just about material wealth. Being rich, being wealthy, it's a mindset. It's how you look at people. It's how you handle relationships. It's how you manage wealth. It's how you manage resources. It's how you, you create resources to work for. It's all these different things. It's, it's, it's managing the relationship you have in your life. And, and Jacob didn't understand that. And for his whole life, Jacob, through his street smart, he was able to get all that he wanted. But how many of you know that sometimes in life, whatever got you here will not get you there? 
There are things, there are mindset, there's ways of, you know, you know, the ways you operate that can get you here to this point in your life. It has given you success in the past, but it's not going to ultimately take you to where God wants to bring you. If you don't believe that, just ask Blockbuster. Oh, I, I love Canada. Canada, like, people are so nice here. People are like, oh, that's so sad. Oh, I feel so bad about Blockbuster. <laughs> you know, like when you preaching time, people are like, yeah, stupid Blockbuster. They're so stupid. <laughs> but uh, Canadian was so nice here. Um, Blockbuster. Blockbuster was successful because somebody was super smart at Blockbuster, an, an engineer, and figure out an algorithm to, um, to, to, um, to figure out what kind of... Uh, which specific area, what kind of videos they like to watch, what kind of movies they like to watch. So they had an algorithm going so they could supply the local store with the right videos, with the right amount of video. They know this location likes to watch drama. This location likes to watch more comedy. And they knew how to do that. So, so people would go into Blockbuster and not have to, you know, I know it's like if you're born in the last 20 years or 25, you don't remember this. But there was a time when you want to watch a movie at home and you have to go to Blockbuster. And sometimes they would not have the movie. That's right. And you just have to rent like Home Alone or something else and go home with that. Right? And so that's what made Blockbuster successful. But because it made them so successful, they did not realize that there was something has something else has shifted in the way people consume entertainment. And the way entertainment in the way things work. And and Netflix came about. Netflix actually went to Blockbuster and said, Do you want to buy us? And Blockbuster said no. We don't want to buy you guys because we're better than you guys. Sometimes what gets you here to this point will not get you there. There were things in Jacob's life that got him to where he wanted. He had the double blessing. He had the birthright. He had all of this. But God's looking at him and says, Jacob, I know what you actually want in life. It's not just this. You actually want your life to matter. You want your life to be significant. You want to make an impact. You want, you want, you don't just want me to be the God of your grandfather and your father. You want me to be your God. And so Jacob, I, I, I need you to learn. So I need you, I need to take you on a little bit of a detour. And it's at this detour that I will meet you and I will encounter you on the way to Haran was not part of your plan. Jacob, you never star Haran on your Google map. You never look up Haran on your Google. You never look up the best restaurants in Haran because you never thought you would go to Haran. But now that you're on your way there, I'm going to meet you on your way to Haran. I'm going to meet you in this detour. And I'm going to begin to deconstruct the things that you thought. Isaiah put it this way. The prophet Isaiah, he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I mean, isn't that amazing for God to say that? The God who writes a whole Bible based on the former things? Based on the things he did? What does it mean to forget the former things? It's saying, not, not forget, like, not that it doesn't matter anymore. But don't let it constrain you. Don't let it, don't let it, don't, don't. I, I'm a God who goes beyond that. I'm the God who, who, who I've done all that. But not just for you to marvel at it and, and to be like, man, remember the good old days? Remember the good old days? No, God says, look to the future. I'm going to do a new thing, not just around you, but inside of you. I want to do a new thing to you. I've done something great in your life five years ago, but what about now? You know you're in trouble when, when your conversations about what God has done, 
the miracles of your life are more than five years ago. And you're still talking about that. Remember, I remember five years ago when I was so passionate for Jesus and I made this decision. But what have you done two years ago? What are you doing right now? What are you doing next year? What are your plans for next year? Are you still on fire for Jesus? Are you still risking it all for the sake of the gospel? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. But the problem is, do you not perceive it? And point number three, I have three points. Like when you preach at somebody else's platform, you want to keep it safe. Three points, you never go wrong. <laughs> Detours were developed. Detours were developed. Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, we read this. But I just want to bring your attention to this, and we're going to wrap up. It says, I'm with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. And will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. And when I read this, a question immediately came to my mind. Because God says, I will bring you back to this land. And if you're a planner, and if you have ambition like me, the question you ask, naturally, I ask myself is, then what's the point? I mean, I'm going to go on this whole thing, and you're going to bring me back. Isn't that like I'm not making any progress? Right? I, there was Years ago, there was this show called The O.C. It's a show that all guys watch it, but we pretend we don't watch it. Right. And the beginning of the... Oh, see, it's always this song. California, here we come. Right back where we started from. Right? I'm like, here we come. Right back where we started from. And I always thinking, like, what's the point? Like, I remember, like, I'm going back to the same place, and what's the point? That means I haven't made any progress. But it was like God was saying to Jay, I will bring you back to the same place, but as a different person. Back to the same place, but as a different person. For all of you guys who make plans for the future, who can't wait to move to, to the next stage of your life, who can't wait to move into the next season of your life, sometimes the best thing God can do to you is take you on a detour, make you stay at the same place, but as a different person. Because when God does that, it forms character. It forms character. It forms who you are on the inside. Remember the Bible verse we just read when we began the sermon? It was only 30 minutes ago. I hope you still remember. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. It says this. Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. See, we're often fixated on the plan. But God is focused on his purpose. And what is God's purpose? See, God's purpose isn't just to give you something. God's purpose is that you and I will become more like Jesus Christ. That we reflect who he is. That we will reflect his glory. That we will learn to think the way he thinks. We will have the mind of Christ that govern our life. And sometimes God takes us on the detours of our life to do that. God spoke to Abraham and says this. He says, I will not leave you until I have done everything I promised you. And often we read this and we, and I, 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 I mean, I, I think that's the case. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, it's the right interpretation. We read this and we think, 
while God's saying, I will not leave you until I've given you everything I promised you. And all the blessings I'm gonna, I told you about, I'm going to give it to you. I will not leave you until I've given you everything I told you I'm going to give you. But I felt like when I was reading that verse, God spoke to me. And he, he, he showed me that it's not just about God giving him something. It's like God was telling Jacob, I will not leave you until I'm done with you. I will not leave you until I've finished the work that I've started. He who began the good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. I know you guys are right now are in the middle of Psalms, and I want to draw your attention to Psalm chapter 71. It's so powerful. It says this. It says, your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter. Think of them as the detours of your life. The detours that God leads you on. And yet, this is a promise. You will restore my life again. That's the purpose. God wants to build that life inside of you. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up and you will increase my honor. What's the point of, 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 bring, of, of sometimes crushing us and bringing us back up? So God can increase the honor that's on your life. God wants to increase the capacity of your life. God wants to increase all that he can do through you and your life. And sometimes we are on this plan that we have and we think it's going to take us to where we want to go. But the detours that God brings us into those are the things that's going to disrupt your plan. Those are the things that's going to deconstruct your mindset. And it's going to rebuild. Rebuild what God wants to build. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.